Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Sumawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date in the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Kunal from High Radius join us. Kunal, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Sure. Well, firstly, thank you for inviting me to speak to you about a subject that is very close to me based on what I do and how I do it. And in terms of what I do, so I am the Senior Director for Global Sales Enablement at High Radius. And High Radius provides innovative cloud AI-driven solutions that help companies to achieve their working capital and cash flow goals. And it does this through the automation of their accounts receivable processes. So, so when times are tough, um, it's very important for, co- for companies to be able to optimize their cash flow and working capital. And that's exactly what we help them to do. Fantastic. Well, I'm so excited that you were able to join us um, and, and you and I have worked closely together over the years. And so I know that you are deeply submersed in the sales enablement space. And as part of that, you've done a lot of evaluation into, you know, the supporting tech stack that a lot of sales enablement practitioners, you know, need to drive really tangible business results within their organization. So I'd love to hear from you kind of what are some of those essential elements of a sales enablement tech stack? Sure. Well, I guess firstly, I'll assume that the company has a baseline CRM platform to manage the sales master data, right? So things like leads, accounts, contacts, opportunities, and and the associated reporting that's required based off that. So when we think about driving results specifically, we can, I guess, categorize into various KPIs. So what do we mean by results? So things related to sales performance or sales proficiency or, or perhaps even sales productivity. Those are the three sort of key KPI categories that I drive um, my, my results based off. And so what is deemed as a, an essential element of the sales enablement tech stack will obviously depend on the company's challenges and perhaps what their priorities may be at that point, at that point in time. So, for example, for KPIs under sales performance, we're, we're talking about things like win rates, quota attainment, pipeline growth, and the ability to forecast as accurately as possible. So tools within the pipeline and analytics tech stack could be essential. And these are tools that allow your sales teams to obtain an accurate picture of the pipeline to forecast better using AI or predictive intelligence, as well as account-based planning. And, and I guess when it comes to pipeline, solutions around database management, contact lists, relationship management, networking, and account research and discovery could be key as well. So I also mentioned sales proficiency. So here we're referring to KPIs around Things like time to ramp, coaching sessions delivered, sharpening the source sessions, best practice propagation across your sales force. And that's essentially all about tools that enable your sales teams to develop into consistent high performers. So how do we bridge the gap in terms of performance? That technology is all about learning and development, sales coaching and onboarding, right? So it's a pretty straightforward thing. So I would class that as essential as well. And finally, I mentioned sales productivity. Um, And I guess this relates to KPIs such as time spent selling, adoption and measurement of processes and content and playbooks. So how can we ensure that our sales teams are able to focus on on those key activities that that takes the most amount of effort and that actually can move the needle as opposed to tasks such as finding or creating content or struggling to understand processes, not knowing how to use the tools that they have or perhaps even the manual administrative tasks and so on. There will be other areas such as sales effectiveness, engagement and experience, as well as customer engagement and experience. But, but I guess what I've described here covers the most 
common elements. I love that. And I think that that is a very good description of sort of the sales enablement tech stack. Now, for for sales enablement professionals that may be a little newer to the profession or maybe are in the early stages of evaluating a sales enablement tool, what are some good resources that you'd recommend people look at to learn more about the sales enablement technology landscape? Yeah, that's a great, great question. It can often feel like a a minefield. And I I remember a time when when I was uh, evaluating vendors for a certain for a certain type of software um i was receiving 10 to 15 emails a day on on, on new technologies i've never heard of um so it can get a little bit convoluted and it can be, become a bit overwhelming but i, can, I guess i can recommend the, the two key resources that i have used in the past firstly uh if you're out in the market evaluating uh sales enablement technology make sure you're part of the sales enablement society uh, this is a group of thousands of like-minded individuals around the world who are, tra- who are tackling the same challenges and requirements that you may have. So within the discussion forums on, on the society itself, you're likely able to find the answers that you need, or at least have the ability to ask the questions where people like myself and many others can contribute towards answering them. Um, so that's the Sales Enablement Society. And, and secondly to that, I'd say resources such as G2 Crowd are very useful to help you narrow down what you're so looking for. If you have a long list and you want to narrow, down, narrow that down to a short list, um, it can provide you with some good insights into the tools and technology you're evaluating. But ultimately, I feel that people are the greatest resource. So people with stories and, and experiences and, and even the battle scars, perhaps. So having connections to other sales enablement practitioners is extremely valuable, in my opinion. Those are three really great resources. Now, I want to shift and talk a little bit about kind of key criteria. So what are some of the key criteria that practitioners should consider when they're assessing solutions to find the right fit for their organization? Yeah, great question. Um, The first thing I'd say is base the criteria around the business challenges that you're trying to solve. So let's ensure that um, all of that criteria is focused on the task at hand. Right? And we're not just listening to what's on, what we're searching or what's on a website or what vendors are telling us, but what are the business tri- challenges you're trying to solve? And what are the KPIs that relate to those areas? And that helps to boil it down to a company's pure business requirements and therefore the criteria you need. And that criteria may differ based on the type of solutions you're assessing. Um, so different software categories or so solution categories may have different criteria. But But I guess I can probably recommend some common themes across all uh, solution categories. The first one I'd say is vendor credibility. And that relates to things like the buying experience. So, so what, has been the, what has been your buying experience so far? And how would you evaluate that? Things like you know, the response rates. Um, also, what, what does the customer base look like? Are, do, do you feel that they're focused on perhaps the large customers or Mid, mid, small to mid-sized customers, depending on, on who you are. Another important consideration, I think, for, for vendors is their ability to innovate and the frequency of innovation delivery to their customers. So is that vendor ultimately delivering innovation on a recurring and frequent basis, which will uh, enable you as an organization to, to, take, to take full advantage of that innovation, new things, new functionality, new products, new features, and so on, keeping things fresh. So that's extremely key. A second aspect I would say is integration. So does the solution that you're evaluating integrate with your existing sales stack? 
um, sales technology stack, especially the CRM. Uh, this helps to drive adoption through things like a good user experience, as well as helps to provide a centralized data platform for the purposes of reporting, analytics, and all of the analysis that may need to happen. So how do we keep things together, essentially? Another aspect I kind of just mentioned there was user experience, and this has to be key as well as a criteria. So the questions to ask ourselves is, is the solution simple? Does it require minimal training? Is it intuitive? Um, is it overly complex? Does it require a lot of, uh, lot of individuals to, to configure it, to customize it, to tailor it, to get to, to maintain it? So those are some key questions as well. And I think the last thing I'll mention is configurability. So what do I mean by that? Well, no two sales processes are exactly the same. Every business may do something slightly differently from one another. So ensuring that the new solution is able to adapt to your business and maybe, maybe even how you want to be doing business going forward, I think is vital as well. I love that. And I, I want to come back to that topic of adoption for sure. Um, but before we go there, uh, you know, the procurement process for, for any new solution can be pretty rigorous depending on the organization, especially with the number of stakeholders that are now involved in, in, in sort of any purchasing decision. So what are some steps that practitioners should take to build a really solid business case and secure stakeholder buy-in for these new solutions? Sure. It's a great question, and, and securing stakeholder buying is probably one of the toughest things within the, a purchase cycle uh, that somebody may be, may be running. So as I mentioned previously, you know, aligning the sales enablement function to key performance indicators, KPIs, and then building a business case based on how you will impact those KPIs is key. KPIs um, is something that everybody understands, from the sales leadership all the way to company leadership. So how does what you're, what you're proposing impact those KPIs? But at the end of the day, we have to remember that the dollar signs speak volumes. So ensure that you have compiled as comprehensive return on investment study as you can, which clearly demonstrates how the solution will impact those KPIs that you've outlined. And ultimately, how that then translates into revenue. That's what people will understand. That's what the key stakeholders will, will clearly will clearly understand and be able and be aligned to. And the, and the point is, when it comes to producing ROI studies or business cases, the vendor should be able to support you with this. So if they're not able to, if they're reluctant to do so, um, then I would question that personally. But, but essentially, that, that's um, what I would say is uh, most important to build a solid business case. I love that. Now, as far as tech stack ownership, uh, who within an organization actually owns the the technology and the implementation from your perspective? Yes, so I guess this this depends on the structure of the organization, perhaps even the size of the organization and the complexity of uh, the individuals in the organization hierarchy. Um, but ultimately, I believe sales enablement should maintain a level of ownership on the tech stack that it has helped to select and implement and deliver ultimately. The delivery of the value um, will remain a, 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 a close criteria for, for any sales enablement function. So sales enablement should, should stay close. But also IT and sales operations have a responsibility to ensure the maintenance and optimization of the stack. So these processes and delegations need to be clearly defined, in my opinion. And along with SLAs that are aligned to vendor SLAs, key counterparts at your company and the vendor 
uh, to make sure that they're connected and aligned. And, and ultimately, if you are on the market for a new solution, these aspects need to be defined upfront. And those individuals need to be part of the process uh, and bought into the process as well. The other thing I'd say in addition to that is it's always healthy to have a level of ownership from the line of business. So if the end user of the solution perhaps is within the sales team, then having a champion, account executive or solution consultant, whoever the end user may be, is something that I'd also recommend as part of this. I think that's a good roundup of, of folks that you need in that crew. Now, going back to that uh, adoption conversation that, that you, you, you started just a few, few minutes ago, how can organizations drive adoption of sales enablement technology across the field? I, I think our audience could really benefit from any actionable advice or tips that you have. Sure, absolutely. So I completely agree. One of the key impacts to you know, the return on, on any investment when it comes to technology uh, and the purchase of that technology is adoption. Um, so maybe I can, I can give a few tips uh, that can help drive adoption based on my previous experiences. So the first thing I would say is keep it simple. Keep it absolutely simple. Be wary of the fact that the more complexity you introduce to a process or a workflow, the higher the resistance will be to, to actually adopt it. Right? So keep it very simple. The second thing I would say is make it engaging. So to make sure you have a barometer on your end user engagement when it comes to the adoption of these solutions. Uh, so find ways to ensure your end users not just have to use the solution, but actually want to use the solution and enjoy using the solution. And, and that comes by, by them clearly seeing the benefits and the value that a solution brings, not just from a long-term perspective in terms of results or numbers, but also on a day-to-day -day basis. So yes, you know, today this solution has helped me save an hour, two hours by automating this task or pro providing me with this information or doing this task or activity for me, as opposed to me doing it manually perhaps. So make sure that that is engaging as, as, as it can be, but, but also make sure that uh, those benefits are clearly visible and highlighted right, as, part of, as part of the implementation and ongoing maintenance of it. The third thing I would say is perhaps a little bit curveball, but I've, I've seen a lot of companies doing it in the past and it's something that I have done in the past as well, is gamification. So salespeople, as we know, are fierce competitors. You know, they like to win, they don't like to lose. So, so think of innovative ways to create a competitive environment that pitches the sales force against each other, perhaps. In, obviously in a friendly way, but, but in terms of adoption. An example I can give on this one is, uh, is in the past I once created a, a league table of account executives who used the solution to deliver content to their prospects. And the more they sent, the higher the points they received. The more prospects that viewed their content, the higher the points. The more prospects that engaged with them, the more points they got. It got pretty competitive at one point, but the key question here is, what impact did this have? Right? So when we studied this adoption, uh, and when we drove adoption, what we found was, um, we were able to correlate adoption with actual performance of sales. And there was a clear correlation between those individuals who were showing the right behaviors in terms of adoption. They were also the same individuals who had created the most pipeline within that, that period of time we were measuring. So it can actually work. I love that. Uh, and I love that example. Now, in closing, this is the, the last question for you, Kunal, but with so many sales tools available today, you know, I think 
one of the, the valid concerns is just that there's a challenge for organizations with the proliferation of tools. So how can sales enablement professionals help reduce some of that complexity and help sellers get the most out of the technology that's available to them? Yes, another great question. You know, software does is eating the world, you know. Um, again, we can drown in software. And, and especially as a sales enablement practitioner, we see new software you know, innovations coming to market uh, very frequently and we feel, yes, that's great. I would love to have that. But I've already got six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 pieces of software in my stack already. So where does it actually fit in? So going back to the points I made earlier, it's, it's very easy to buy into a new solution or tool. Um, and we can get very easily excited by something new that's out there and, and want to buy it. But, but always keep your KPIs in mind. Always keep the KPIs in mind and ask yourself, how will this tool impact the key business or sales levers that I'm, that I'm tracking and trying to pull? How will it add value to the business and what problems will it actually solve? And what I found is by applying a, almost a first principles method to how you think, you can, you can peel back the onion and until you get to the core of the problem, sometimes that problem doesn't really need a solution. Sometimes it just needs a new process. Sometimes it just needs a, maybe some training or perhaps it's a, a change in behavior that's required from, from your end users. In addition to that, um, what I would say is don't lose focus on why you implemented the software in the first place. If you define the KPIs up front, like we talked about earlier, based on what it was supposed to impact, keep an eye on that and ensure that it's delivering what it needs to. And maybe that will uncover some process deficiencies barriers to adoption, training requirements, and so on. But ultimately, that will help us to reduce complexity and make sure that sellers can get the most out of technology that is already there without overloading them with more. That's fantastic. Gunal, thank you so much for joining us today. I greatly appreciate your time. You're welcome. It's been a great pleasure. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.